0: know what to expect and I could tell by the way yeah. and I want to put this out there for all you American doctors I was at the Catholic Medical Association when Craig Hudgens showed the trailer and people were like sort of groaning like "Ah, oh, what is you know what, what are we doing watching this kind of thing and and all you American doctors, you need to get off your rear end and make sure you get this movie and you you, you watch it you, and you show it to your other medical people, your friends and your family. And, you know, because again, Ann, it's like, it, you know, you hear about guys now, it's like, oh, gross. Who wants to learn about that doctor? But it's about the media cover-up and the insanity and the intrinsic evil of abortion. It's yeah. not all about the yuckety yuck yeah. And I got to tell you, the way you ended the movie and I'm not going to be a spoiler. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It was so smart. You were so smart not to show. This is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong, rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. all right america's been making history the past couple weeks with governor cuomo of new york just so embracing the slaughter of America's babies in New York. In fact, he, as you probably have already heard, he lit up the World Trade Center with Planned Parenthood pink. And if you didn't take notice, let me at least remind you that the apex of the World Trade Center look like the needle that's used when they insert it into a pregnant woman's belly, when she's, say, like in her second or third trimester, and they shoot that baby up with digestion. Jackson and that digoxin stops the beating heart of the baby who's resting peacefully in his mother's womb. And so that's what Governor Cuomo celebrated. And then, of course, down in Virginia, we had Governor uh, Ralph Northam, who just who just he just had to do the same thing. But he even took it a step farther. He actually defended infanticide. And so the question at hand is What happens as a culture erodes into this um, uh, unfettered abortion? And the answer is we end up with people like Dr. Kermit Gosnell. So as if abortion in and of itself is not bad enough, period, we end up with corrupt sickos like this Dr. Kermit Gosnell. Now, you may be thinking, why have I not heard of Kermit Gosnell? Uh, even though he's the most prolific, uh, most, he, he committed the most heinous abortion crimes of all time. And yet the media, uh, covered up the trial in the state of Pennsylvania. So today, my guest is Anne McElhenney. She is the producer of the Gosnell movie. She's the co-script writer of the Gosnell movie. And she also authored the book, which everybody, everybody ought to get this. And everybody ought to be ordering the DVD coming out in just a few days on Amazon. Uh, Order the the movie uh, Gosnell. I went to see the movie. I guess you'd call that like a pre-launch down in... Dallas, Texas and I didn't know what to expect and I want to tell you right now that what you think you're gonna see in Goznell is not what you th- what, what you think you think you're gonna see a bunch of you know butchered babies and all that and blood and all that. that's not it The movie is the the, the the true story the true story of the media cover-up of this horrible, horrible doctor that the state of pennsylvania just let remain in business uh they they didn't pursue checking him out and uh so ann uh, welcome on what if we've been wrong i am so glad you're here
1: oh no it's great to be here thanks a million terry
0: all right and you've got a lot of information to share so let's first i want my audience to first know you sum up in your own words who was kermit gosnell
1: so Kermit Gosnell is an African American doctor in his early 70s who today is spending the rest of his life serving three life sentences for delivering babies alive and then cutting the necks with scissors. He operated an abortion clinic in West Philadelphia for over 30 years. And his modus operandi was to take women of any at any stage during their pregnancy who would truck up with money and he would fill them up with cytotec so they dilated. The babies would fall out and he would basically, if he was there, he would cut the necks of the babies with scissors. If he wasn't there, he would have his unlicensed, untrained staff do it for him. And those staff were untrained, really doesn't cover it. They were, you know, people who you wouldn't, as as the detective Jim Wood, who eventually put this guy behind bars, said, you wouldn't let them mow your lawn, let alone, you know, give anesthesia to people or do medical procedures, and Gosnell, you know, ran this abomination, this horrific sort of hellhole in West Philadelphia. There were cats walking around. There was cat feces. There was human feces. The toilets were backed up with human remains. I mean, um, it's important to say to listeners, though, that the movie, as you've kind of indicated there, the movie is not like that. The movie plays a lot like a procedural. Um, it's like a Law and Order episode, and it focuses very much on how this guy was ever caught And what happened at the trial and the trial, it really is about the trial. So it's Gosnell, the trial of America's most prolific serial killer. And and people can get the copies of the film from tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, in Walmart, it'll be it'll be in Walmart, it'll be oh. in all the stores, but you know, but yeah, absolutely. But and, and also, it's online. You can buy it at Amazon, but you can get it in Walmart. It'll be in Walmart, uh, and actually, they're bookending it. They're going to put it in, in its most prominent position. And this is a story that has really shocked uh, you know people who have heard of it. And the problem is, and the struggle we've had, and the reason we made this movie and wrote the book was because so many people don't know about it. And this last few weeks, as you're very very well indicated in your introduction, you know, we have the governor of virginia we have representative tran who also was from virginia really describing in sort of forensic detail also very calm very sober very serious very articulate describing you know if a baby is born in you know in in an abortion born alive in an abortion by mistake um what happens in america and you know when we heard all the fuss over the governor of virginia talking about Comforting the baby and then letting the mom and the doctor just talk it over and decide what to do. Oh yeah. This sounded very familiar to us because at the case, at the trial of Kermit Gosnell, an abortion doctor called Karen Fusiline, who works in Abingdon Hospital in Pennsylvania, was, take, was asked to come to the stand. She's a perfectly legal abortion doctor. And she was asked to describe a good abortion, what it looked like when it was done really well. And one of the things she was also asked was what would happen if a baby was born alive? And her testimony, all of it, but particularly this section of her testimony, chilled us so much and had such an effect on us. We said, we need to make a movie about this. We need to get this, this. The people need to know about this. So when we heard about the Virginia Governor, we were like, you know something, we've been trying to get this story out for ages, because here's what she said on the stand under pain of perjury. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, well, we, you know, of course, you know, because we're human beings, we keep it comfortable, like warm and that. Eventually it will pass. So in other words, allow the baby to die from neglect, from dehydration, from oh, yeah. just, you know, from just exposure. And she said that. And I can tell you at the time in the courtroom, there were some journalists there and they literally put their pens down, looked at each other. And it was like, did we all hear this correctly? Is this correct? And, I, and I'm and i really grateful, I by the way. And I think that governor, the governor of, of, of Virginia has done the, the country some service. By highlighting this, and I think, of course, it's interesting that suddenly we're all talking about him being a racist. I don't know whether he's a racist or not. I'm not even sure he is. But I'll tell you one thing I am sure of. His description of infanticide was spot on and exactly what happens in America and that's a service to the whole country that people know about that and I think the racism story is a distraction and I think it has been a manufactured distraction because of this other business which which is of course yeah and I think they've literally manufactured this um, difficulty I mean the man went up for election and no one noticed any of this stuff about him before and suddenly we have all these stories about him distracting people from this really shocking story, this really extraordinary story where he described comforting you know comfort comfortable and he used the word comfort because by the way that's what it's called it's called comfort care if a baby is born alive during an abortion and then is left to die by neglect they call it comfort care. Oh yeah. Well, they and used to stick the them in. You, know about
0: <laughs> They used to stick them in janitorial closets. Well, maybe now they wrap them up in a nice fuzzy warm blanket. Either way, you and I both know, and the rest of America knows, it's infanticide. It is out and out murder. And I want to make sure our listeners yes. know this: that your movie was so expertly produced, uh, directed, and 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 every church across America ought to be showing this to your congregations and i say this it's not blood and guts and all that kind of stuff it is it's about the media cover-up and 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 you all do just such a phenomenal job so by the way and i know i know you already know it but the rest of the country needs to know that at the march for life at the basilica of the immaculate conception of mary Uh, Archbishop Joseph Nauman in front of, what is it, like 15,000 Catholics? He urged every single Catholic to go see Gosnell movie and to go buy your own copies. This is the kind of movie, America, that you need, every family needs to own their own copy. And then you, you have your friends come over, you pop the popcorn and then you watch the movie together and then you discuss it. And then you pray that America will, that Americans will, will wrap their head around this and that we will end abortion. So, Anne, I want to find out, how in the world did you get, how did you find out about this? Because it's not like you were some pro-life activist, and you're not even American. No, exactly.
1: (laughs) No, exactly. It was yeah, absolutely kind of, you know, the very last person you'd expect. I mean, we had made a documentary about fracking, and my husband was actually traveling around Pennsylvania showing that film and had a couple of days off, was in Philadelphia, heard about this crime story that was getting some local traction in Philadelphia, but not beyond Philadelphia. And he went to the court. they had reserved the largest court in the courthouse, so because they expected such a large turnout of journalists because of the newsworthiness of the story. And, you know, it was crickets in there. There were about four women who were Mennonites knitting and witnessing to these incredible stories. And there was a massive screen that they put up in front of the jury where they projected images, included the images of the 47 babies who were found in the premises, the bodies of the 47 that were found um, when uh, Gosnell was eventually discovered. And then they had these people, one after another, come on the stand, have these, make these incredible uh, statements, witness statements of what they'd seen, what they'd heard, what they knew had happened at the clinic. And, you know, Phelan came back to Los Angeles after spending about a week there, um, and said to us, you know, this is unbelievable. We need to be doing something about this. And Magda, our business partner and myself, said, no, we don't, want, no, we don't want anything to do with abortions. Too controversial. It's not our thing. We don't really care about abortion. And then he said, look, just read the transcripts. I'm going to get the trial transcripts, and I want you to read them for the week that I was there. And we read the trial transcripts, and that, as they say, is wow. you know, and the rest is history. Yeah. Because all you need to do is read what people said. Exactly what I'm saying. Like Karen Fuseline. The abortion doctor who took the stand to help, um, you know, to help the defense explain, you know, well, now you need to make sure you're not putting this man in prison for doing his job, you know, just doing his job. So they needed to make a distinction between what Gosnell did and what murder was. And I can tell you the jury found it really difficult. To make, it, to make the distinction because it seemed to them that comfort care and what Gosnell did was almost like the same thing. So that's what started us on this journey. You know, that's five years ago. We then did a crowdfunding campaign and raised $2.3 yes. $2. million from 30,000 people, which was really a miracle in itself. And every day was like, uh, you know, things would happen. We would, you know, honestly, the hand of God was all over this because you know, for us people, as you say, you know, we're from Ireland. No one's ever heard of us. We made this little video and said, "Look, this is a big story. This story needs needs to get attention." We're looking for two point one million dollars to make this movie. You know, and the money rolled in. It wasn't easy, but I can tell you, miracles happened on a daily basis. Extraordinary people turned up for us and handed over money, and and we got to make this movie. Which, as you say now, about a half a million people have seen it in the theaters so far. And as as at right now, if anyone is out there, go on Amazon and look up Amazon best-selling DVDs, and I believe today, for example, we're the number one Excellent. best-selling drama, and, and have been, and have been for the last two weeks, and you look at the best-selling DVDs, and we're like, this: Bohemian Rhapsody, Stars Born, we're either one, two, or three with that company, and That's those are fantastic. movies that have spent 50, 60 million dollars on marketing, we've spent about 10 cents on marketing, and but people are, people are getting this film out, and exactly what yes. you say is what I would suggest people do. They should get together, watch it as a family. I know there's a group, by the way, who have made a study guide, which I will forward to you so you can put it on your website and and, and share it with your with your listeners. Yeah. A study guide for people, for example, who homeschool or even for people, you know, who just wanna talk through some of the issues after they've seen the film because it brings up a lot of issues and one of the things of course people will do some people will do they'll watch it and say that never happened but I would urge people watch the film right through the credits and you will see all of the pictures that kind of represent right. a lot of the worst things are the most extraordinary things in the film and just again to warn people we don't show anything in the movie please don't be worried the book is very right. graphic in the sense that it describes everything but we were very careful with the movie it's PG 13. We wanted this to be something the whole family could watch
0: right and and i i again i because i think that's the biggest hurdle if you don't know who gosnell is and and it's like wow he was the most prolific you know horrible abortionist of of you know america's history what's um, like, ooh, gross, who wants to go see that? Or then if you know who he is, again, it's like, ooh, gross, who wants to go see that? To me, that's the biggest marketing hurdle. But again, very loudly, I'm an America out loud. We want to shout this across America. It's not gory. It's about the media cover-up and the insanity of this man who called himself a doctor. And now, Ann, you may have said this when I watched the film down in Dallas, Texas, didn't you say that like any of the like the crazy extreme things in the movie they were real like the like the what was it the flea, yeah. fleas down in the guy's basement oh, or the something flea
1: intel- yeah flea yeah. infested dead cat in the basement of his yeah. house and things like the fact that he ate salmon teriyaki when they came to raid the clinic and that he ate the food still wearing his surgical gloves that were yes. covered in blood that yes. he, that had yeah. yeah I mean and in fact if anything we actually tamed down the film because there were things we thought you know people won't be able to watch this so anything that's extraordinary in the movie is true like right. the turtles he had these endangered turtles in yes. these massive crates as he walked in t- yes. into the clinic you know that he had a 15 year old who was the chief anesthetist um, that he had all these people working for him who were not qualified okay wait yeah, with your beautiful accent
0: and the, um, hey and with your beautiful accent people may not have quite understood what you just said he had a 15 year old who was the chief I call it an anesthesiologist, you know, anesthesiologist. Yes. Yeah. 15
1: years old. Started work at 15. She hadn't finished high school. And by the way, they, you know, a lot of people that worked on this, on this story, you know, some of the investigators said that the people were, you know, they were lucky that she was there because the other people who used to give the, the drugs, um, you know, were older, but were, you know, more, much more, you know, took it much more or less, much less seriously. So actually, you know, Ashley Baldwin, that 15 year old girl was, you know, was uh, attentive and under her care, no one actually died. Unfortunately, under the care of some of the other workers, Karnamaya Monger, for example, the Bhutanese refugee, you know, was drugged to death Uh um, and unfortunately never never lived to tell the tale. She'd been in America four months before she ended up dead because of Gosnell's, you know, uh, crazy you know, clinic where there were just no, you know, there was just there were no standards. And I think one of the other things that's extraordinary, and it's true, is that the Department of Health in Harrisburg, the Department of Health in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, with the responsibility to take care of standards of medical medical facilities for 16 for 17, sorry, for 17 years, did not inspect that clinic. And during those 17 years, Karnamaya Monger died, but so did Samika Shaw, a young African-American mother. So wow. two women died and they still didn't inspect the clinic. And if they had inspected the clinic, if they had walked in, they would have found dead bodies, you know, in in places where people had their peanut butter and jello sandwiches. They would have mm. found, as I said, you know, um, cat cats walking around in the procedure room, cat feces, human excrement, and um, because the toilets were backed up with human remains, but they never they never you know bothered to inspect. And there is a story in this, and if this can happen in progressive Pennsylvania, it can happen where you are. Absolutely. And I think this is what's really important about this movie, and that's why I would urge people. To go out to Walmart on Tuesday, um, to go get it on on video on demand. Watch this film. It's on iTunes. It's on everywhere. And watch it. And also, by the way, very importantly, once you've watched it, leave us a review on Amazon. Uh, We have about 160 people have given us a five-star rating so far.
2: I'd like you to meet Susan Price, gold star mother and weekly columnist on America Out Loud. Susan. As a Gold Star mom, what does patriotism mean to you?
0: Taking part in America at a larger scale of all the issues taking place today. Our blood is red, white, and blue. Patriotism to me means taking a stand and letting your voice be heard.
2: Speaking of which, there's an old saying that you either get involved in politics or politics will get involved with you. So when we say, let the silent voices be heard, how do we turn the tide of ignorance in the world today?
0: Wow, and how profound is this? We get out there, we let our voices be heard, we educate our children.
2: As a weekly columnist on America Out Loud, Susan, you're sort of like an investigative reporter. Uh, I mean, or sometimes we call that in the business, like a dog with a bone. So, what is your That's- ultimate goal with your weekly column on America Out Loud?
0: The one goal that I have in mind is to rise the consciousness of the subject at hand, especially those who are clueless and and have no idea that there is a problem in the first place. Um, That's making a difference.
2: Our goal is simple, to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. It's to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. America Out Loud, welcome to the new era in communications.
3: Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way.
0: has god worked in your life i mean if you could name one thing because clearly this has been by the hand of god what are you most grateful for or what what's a, what's at least one story you would want everybody to know how how you really feel like terry god showed up what would it be yeah,
1: yeah well you know i i could I, I could be on for i could be on for a week just dealing with that one because um, because God did show up uh, continuously. I'm I would I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna rack my brain now to even think of uh, I can, uh, to pick out one story. Okay. I'll yeah, I'll give you a list. I mean it's like things like as I said we we did a, we raised money on a crowdfunding campaign. We were you know overly ambitious asking for two point one million dollars. Within a week we were thinking this is a nightmare. What's going to happen here? And people started to turn up and people started to send in money really in a miraculous way. One woman in Australia sending fifty dollars a month. You know, people also that I met because we found it very tough and it was very, you know, personally challenging doing a lot of this and very, very, very depressing and very, frightening to be confronted with so much evil and meeting people like I would say a name Marjorie Daniel Fenster. it's just uh, one particular person who's the head of the Susan B. Anthony um, Foundation who who, just amazing who started a a prayer circle and started raising me up in prayer with people all over the country you know like the girl the other day who sent me a message that she had put a tattoo on her wrist with a letter A to represent Baby Boye, who is one of the babies who was mm. murdered by Germit mm. Goslow mm. And that she was going to dedicate the rest of her life to taking care and remembering Baby Boye. And that's why she'd put a tattoo on her on her on her wrist for, for so many people like like our mutual friend, Craig Hutchins, right. who, you know, is just a miracle in this world. And I, I talk to my husband about Craig all the time who who is lifting everyone up with prayer and who, you know, I mean, here is here's a guy who's a pilot, you know, has a a full life, a a family and and all that. And here he is dedicating so much of his energies and time. And I have found the people I have met like him, like like others all over the place through doing this story. I have found it a complete miracle because the other side, the story side, the the side of what happened at Kermit Gosnell Clinic is so chilling, so frightening that really the the meeting with all these people has been nothing short of a miracle, nothing short of something really beautiful, life-altering for me, I would have to say. I mean, really life-altering. People have been so extraordinary I can't I mean I just I'm filled with all these names and all these people everywhere I've gone (laughs) well I can just done me so much good I've just been to Vermont I was in Vermont last weekend and you know magnificent people there and I'll give you just and and every time and every day there's something like a woman who came in Vermont and she came with her friend and the friends said the friend standing beside her and the friend said it's a very tough day for this lady she's a gold star mom and immediately Mm. when I heard that I, I started welling up and it was her son's anniversary the day he had been killed Mm. that day that she had come to hear me speak and I thought oh my god that woman is coming to hear me speak on the day the worst worst anniversary she'll ever have in her whole life when she lost her 24 year old son and she was so moved by me crying and she said um, you know, she was so grateful that I was recognizing her pain. And, and I, I just so that it's and that's everywhere. I spoke at a, at a lunch down in Newport Harbor recently and, you know, obviously very nice part of the country, you know, California and whatever. And I saw this waitress come and I could I can always see people coming, you know, and she had this haunted look on her face and she just wanted to talk, wanted to share her story. And she had an abortion and wanted to have someone to tell it to. And I said, I'll wait here. If if I have to wait here till midnight, I'll wait here and hear your story. Because the manager of the facility was sort of saying, you need to go back and start clearing these tables. But there are people, there's stories like that everywhere. And I mean, I have been very, you know, very, very moved um, and very, you know, energized really, actually, by by these people that I have met, by the people who are out there doing these extraordinary things like a man in Boston, uh, an incredible man in Boston who gave us a very large donation. I went and met him, Presbyterian, humble, quiet-spoken, shy, um and who has been arrested i think it was 27 times there you for go praying outside abortion clinics. <laughs> you know and I mean, they're the best and he, you know and yeah. Now you're, you're yeah your listeners know these guys and this guy i can tell you i didn't ask him but i can tell you and you know kind of guy i'm talking about yeah. i would say he's never had a parking ticket i would say he's never <laughs> had a parking ticket it's like the worst thing could have ever happened to him to be in a police station but that's what he does with his spare time right um, you know, and friends in Denver. I've got a friend in Denver and she goes, she goes, she cycles with a bunch of women. They cycle down to the abortion clinic and they kneel down on the street. Yep. Um, And it's, it's, inscri- it's just, it's really inspiring. And I think the, there's, there's so much hope out there because um, because those people are these, they're the quiet voices that's right. who, you know, one, you know, once this story ge- gets out, they will be joined by others. I mean, on Twitter every day, if people go on Twitter, I know a lot of people find Twitter very offensive, but I go on Twitter and people are writing there. People have seen the movie and they have changed. Right. In 19 minutes, they have right. changed from being pro-choice to being pro-life. There you go. So that's, I'm, that's what keeps me going. And it's like, it's like a constant miracle, a daily miracle. Of well, those kind of stories. They're how, all over the place. I could write a book just on those stories.
0: <laughs> well, those are, I, I'm, and I want to read that book. And I think that's, you definitely do. <laughs> but, well, because it's almost like, you know, you were, to read guys now, obviously it's heavy and it's graphic. And and not everybody can make it through that kind of book. Every single person in America can make it through the Gosnell movie. We're going to have a Gosnell night at yes. my house. We're going to actually do it a couple different times. We're cooking popcorn and Excellent. and and we and, and this is what needs to happen across the country. And I never well, thought you, know what
1: you, you would should do for me send oh. a photograph. You send me a photograph of you and your and your pals in the house getting that and I'll yeah. put it up on the Facebook page and we'll inspire others to do the same because this is what needs to happen. It this is what people need to do.
0: Nobody should be afraid of this movie. So I'll be honest with you, when I went, you know, when I was in Dallas and I went to see the whatever, the kickoff I didn't know what to expect and I could tell by the way yeah. and I want to put this out there for all you American doctors I was at the Catholic Medical Association when Craig Hudgens showed the trailer and people were like sort of groaning like "Ah, oh, what is you know what, what are we doing watching this kind of thing and and all you American doctors you need to get off your rear end and make sure you get this movie and you you, you watch it yeah you, and you show it to your other medical people your friends and your family You know, because again, Anne, it's like, you know, you hear about guys now, it's like, oh, gross, who wants to learn about that doctor? But it's about the media cover-up and the insanity and the intrinsic evil of abortion. It's not all about the yuckety-yuck. And I got to tell you, the way you ended the movie, and I'm not going to be a spoiler, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right. Oh, my gosh. It was so smart. You were so smart not to show the pictures. But I'm just going to leave it at that. So I would never have guessed... That you could have gotten your movie into Walmart how did you do that how, how do you go about such a thing getting you know and I don't know how that happened I, really? I,
1: I you know I don't even know the answer to that but oh. I, I don't but I they I know they bought 50,000 copies and it's going to be everywhere Wow, um, that's you know awesome. from tomorrow and okay. it is awesome it is awesome and it's really important people go out and get copies because if they do it'll stay there if they don't ship those copies they're going to move it very right. quickly and they'll they'll send them back to us which will cause a massive right. drama but <laughs> no I, honestly you and the end of the film, you talk about the end of the movie, you know, and the actress, by the way, and I know you're referring probably to the photographs and stuff yeah. that we showed and all that, but the actress who is at the very end of the film, her right. own personal story is the same story as the story of the woman she's depicting in the movie, and we only found that at that afterwards when she was already on the set so there's 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 just amazing there's a there's like there's amazing stories here amazing stories
0: wow everybody needs to go see it so how long did it take you to um record or video or whatever you call that to produce not not the production but the actual filming the filming of the of the of the movie God, I think
1: it was something like seven weeks, six or seven weeks. It was very fast because okay. we had very little money. You know, I know it sounds like a lot of money, but we didn't have much money. That's very right. small for a for a production budget. Um, and we shot it in Oklahoma City, which was an amazing, great place to 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 have gone. We met amazing people there, had okay. great, just a great experience. Actually, uh, yeah, and it's and it's and as you say, the mo- you know people people are really. Really happy with the movie. People are really glad, and people are transformed by it. And, and you know, if anyone, want, people can go online and look. If they look at look at Amazon, look at what other people say about right. what they thought when they watched the film. Go on Twitter. Go on the Facebook page, the Gosnell movie Facebook page, where we have a, a huge amount of engagement. People writing, telling right. stories, and then people are writing, messaging me privately with amazing, amazing wow. stories. Just, it's been. Yeah, it's okay, been extraordinary. Who, it's been an amazing five years.
0: Okay, who is who's the actor who plays the lead policeman, the detective? What's his name?
1: Yeah, that's Dean Cain. D- Dean Cain, the young Superman, who a lot of people would know and recognize his oh name and rem- remember his face. He was yeah, so good. He's great. In it.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, he's great, and he yeah. plays
1: Jim Wood, who's a real guy, who's a Catholic police officer out of out of Philadelphia who's just a beautiful human being a wonderful man and we're like I'm friends with him forever like I'm like possibly another family member at this point you know and he came on the set of the movie you know and helped us a lot and also Christine Wexler who was the assistant district attorney who also came on set you know we had we had a lot of help from from the from the cops well, it, and it was I love, great, it was great, because we wanted everything to be accurate.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that's important for listeners to know. Tell us about the, what did you call her, the district attorney and her position, because she was not like some pro-life, you know, district attorney. She was a, what she started Oh, no, she very, started
1: much, a, very much the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, she would, you know, she would have definitely called herself pro like pro-choice um i'm not sure what she'd call herself now but i know she certainly isn't comfortable being called pro-choice she had an education um, and that kind of brings up the point that's really you know coming to light here with with the governor of um virginia people just don't know um christine wexler certainly didn't know and joanne pescatori didn't know the two ada's right. who were you know who did the investigation did not know the law they didn't know the law they right. didn't know you know that you could have an abortion in pennsylvania 26 weeks they didn't know that yeah. um you know, and they got this very swift education. And I think that's what I, I I say that to groups that I speak to all the time. I say you should just put a billboard up. Every state in the union should have a billboard up telling people what the law is, because most people, when they know what the law is in their state, they don't like it. They don't like it right. in Oregon. A lot of people in Oregon don't like it in Vermont, in New Hampshire, in New Jersey, that's in right. New York you know, that are now learning, they don't like that you can have an abortion at nine months in Kansas, in Colorado, New they Mexico. Just they just don't know. They don't know. And they don't know. And I've had arguments with people where people have said, there's no way that's true. And I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do to try right. and prove this to you. Do I have to walk around with right. a statute? But honestly, people people need to be informed. And even in the other states, where it, you know where apparently you can't have an abortion up to nine months the the law is very wishy-washy that's right um and there's all kinds of there's all kinds of you know well if this and if that and the health of the mother and you know oh. when it comes to the health of the mother they start to bring in all kinds of things like mental health you know and i've i've seen uh, plenty of documents where you know that that becomes very uh, problematic where it's like you know what exactly does that mean and it can mean anything of course absolutely so, you know, I I would just urge people to watch the movie, watch it in a group, and and get educated. I have to go right now, unfortunately. I uh, thank you. But I'm so grateful for the time.
0: All right, I'm grateful, and we, the United States, Americans, are grateful how God's used you and your husband to tear down the stronghold of the abortion industry. The day is coming in America when abortion will be no more. And I'm talking about no more. The only way you're ever going to be able to get an abortion is if you go get yourself an, an illegal abortion, just like it used to be, because mm-hmm. because abortion is yeah. an intrinsic evil. There's nothing good that comes from an abortion. So, and God bless you. It's it's going to continue Thank to be a you. huge success Thank you, and may the Lord protect every single step of you and your husband. God bless you.
2: To be recognized as a groundbreaking news and lifestyle platform, An alternative news source requires top-tier analysts, strategic thinkers, and impressive commentators. I'd like you to meet Ilana Friedman. She's a strategic counterterrorism intelligence analyst, a columnist, and commentator on America Out Loud. Ilana, when it comes to intelligence gathering and the NSA, the idea of spying on Americans state side, have they crossed the line?
0: They crossed the line a long time ago. Unfortunately, they have taken so many liberties that I would say that they have probably, it's not clear, but they have probably broken a number of laws in collecting information and intelligence from American citizens and uh, using it against them. How
2: can America Out Loud bridge the gap and bring back trust to the people we serve?
0: Malcolm, you are already doing a great job in providing your listeners with informed and diverse opinions on very, very important topics that give your listeners the opportunity to inform themselves and make their own minds up about how they feel about important issues and then bring them back to their own communities where they can act accordingly.
2: Our goal is simple. It's to deliver an honest analysis and diverse opinions to keep you informed. Back at AmericaOutLoud.com. International news, world events, or an improved lifestyle. Welcome to the new era in communications America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: Go get your copy of Gosnell. Uh, tweet about it. Put it out on Facebook. Any of your social media. Uh, get together. Cook, you know. Pop some popcorn and everybody watch it and learn. Okay. Because you're going to learn how the mainstream media totally covered up uh, the horrific abortionist Dr. Kermit Gosnell. So we're really talking about what kind of an America do we want? Do we want an America where life is valuable? Or do we want an America like Senator Patty Murray, the Democrat out of Washington state, who blocked the unanimous passage of the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act? She did this February 4th. This is a bill that would have required doctors to provide medical care to babies born alive during failed abortions. So this was a unanimous Consent vote. This is a mechanism under which the bill passes the United States Senate if no senator objects So you would think every single All 100 of the United States senators would be in support of such a bill, but that's not the case So so Murray she objected to the motion claiming that there are already laws against infanticide well technically she's wrong and so uh, this bill ended up being, I guess, the word is tabled. It was not voted on, and so one. The, this bill passed the House of Representatives, but sadly, it's the Democrats in the United States Senate that are blocking this. And so, right now, we, you know, it just it's so sad to think that years ago, before abortion became so institutionalized, uh, before it became so politicized. Thank you, United States Supreme Court. Uh, the, it didn't look like this in Washington, D.C. You did not, ha- I mean, right now it is, it's it's side by side. I mean, you've got all the Democrats who are in favor of abortion. Now it's fair to say they're not even willing to stand up, cast a vote against infanticide. Folks, if that's the kind of country you want to grow up in, where a baby literally survives abortion the baby's laying lying there on the table alive and if you want the kind of country that Virginia's Governor Ralph Northam just described that oh you're looking at the baby oh we'll keep the baby comfortable while we watch the baby die those are my words his words said well we'll keep the baby comfortable but but this is a human being born alive And they're literally just going to let the baby die. If that's what the mother says. If she says, I don't want this baby. So instead of having the vision of providing life for that child through adoption, because I can guarantee you, there is somebody out there who would be so joyfully willing to adopt that baby. There's a shortage of adoptive babies. Uh, There's so many parents who want to adopt, but they can't even find an infant. And so what happened to love? You know, and that's. I want to tie this back in with the father of America's abortion industry. I want every listener, please, go, go to the bookstore on America Out Loud, get a copy of my book. But let me explain why. In uh, it was uh, December 2009. I had the rare opportunity to go to Manhattan, New York, and interview Dr. Bernard Nathanson. He's the father of America's industry of abortion. And I mean, he personally was responsible for 75,000 abortions, including the death of his own child, actually two of his children, but he actually killed one of his children. And the the reason his story is so significant, it's because he was the father of the abortion industry who founded NARAL Pro-Choice America, which is the first pro-abortion political action organization. And then he train Planned Parenthood how to slaughter babies in their mother's wombs. And Dr. Nathanson, he celebrated Roe v. Wade decision in January 1975. And then about four or five, six months later, the hospital he was working at, where literally he was birthing babies on one floor, Uh, or trying to save the life of, say, a 24-week-old baby in New York City who is trying to come into the world prematurely. So he's trying to save the life of that baby. And on another floor, there's a woman who wants to abort her baby at 24 weeks. So it was a real whipsaw, you know, you you can imagine, a whipsaw kind of work environment. Was he there to, to save life or was he there to kill life? And so when the new science of real-time ultrasound was invented and the hospital bought the machine, rolled it in, and he started seeing babies in the womb on real-time ultrasound... His heart was convicted. I mean, he saw the humanity, the undeniable humanity. These are little babies, little baby girls. I mean, they keep talking about women's health care. Women's health care, there is no women's health care. if We're killing half a million baby girls every single year and calling that women's health care. Those little baby girls, they have no, they're not choosing abortion. They're not choosing death. In fact, what they discovered on ultrasound is that when The baby is about to be aborted. The baby's heart rate speeds up um, um, exponentially, and the baby's actually tries to move away from the suction tube. And this has all been captured. Dr. Nathanson made a film called The Silent Scream because what they caught on ultrasound video is that the baby opens his or her mouth in the silent scream. And he said, that's the silent scream of a child threatened imminently with extinction. So we come back to the point, are we really going to p- continue to politicize this so much that there are certain politicians that won't even vote for a bill that would say, look, if the baby survives abortion, you know, so, some of these babies are nine months old. You know they're they're ready they're <laughs> they're completely fully developed you know they're six seven pounds and they've survived abortion don't we want to recognize the humanity of that baby and love that child what happened to love well Kermit Gosnell clearly when you watch this film that man has he's a beast but he comes across as oh um, uh, very I don't know, he comes across as uh, almost like in this dignified sort of way, but he's so riddled with evil that he he has no clue really what he's doing. Uh, And I guess, I don't know, they're just for the money or something, but it's so wicked, so evil. And then when you compile on mainstream media completely, completely covered up. I mean, this is something every single American, every single American should be on the same page. You know, That th- this is one thing we should be unified on. So no baby, no baby deserves to be pulled out of his or her mother's womb and have their neck, their spine clipped, cut, and then f- literally thrown into the garbage. And this is what's happening all across America. There is no medical reason Why any woman has to have an abortion. Wrap your head around that. That's Dr. Bernard Nathanson. That's back in 1979. After he had seen the baby on real-time ultrasound in 1973, he resigned from NARAL Pro-Choice America January 22nd, second anniversary of Roe v. Wade. He, He resigns from NARAL. Uh, after after begging Naral for two years to recognize that, that they have a medical moral ethical issue on their hands, that the real time ultrasound has opened a window to the womb, essentially. You know, they can see what's in there and that's a human being. And so the father of America's industry of abortion, you know, he by the end of nineteen seventy eight or beginning of seventy nine, he had committed his last abortion and no more because he could not find any medical reason why anybody would ever have to kill a child in the womb. Now, now, if the if the mother's life is in danger, and this is something everybody, you need to understand, you need to be able to explain this to other people. This is not complicated. If the mother's life is in danger, by all means, go for the doctor, go try to get that baby out of there. But you don't go into the womb with the idea of aborting the baby you go into the womb with at least the attempt of trying to save the baby's life you don't go into the womb crushing the skull pulling the legs off pulling the arms off it's it's just crazy i mean when you think about it it's just so basic it's like a basic i, I don't I, I don't know what part of this americans are not understanding you know, because now it's not, we all know it's not a blob of tissue. And I make no mistake, Planned Parenthood, they continue to tell young women that this is not a baby yet. This is just a blob of tissue, just a clump of cells. That's the newest thing. just a clump of cells. It's not a baby yet. Or they try to dehumanize it by saying, um, well, it's, it's just a fetus now. It's a clump of cells. Well, what most people don't understand is fetus is young child or living child in Latin. So it's just we have 60 million dead babies. You know Dr. Nathanson said that as long as abortion is legal, America is going to see increased violence, increased public turmoil and the disintegration of the American family. Well, he said that in his resignation letter to Nayrou back in 1975. So has that happened? Yeah. You know, the other day I was pulled over for uh, for speeding. And I had the great opportunity to talk to this very nice policeman. I think he was so appreciative that I was courteous and nice back to him. I offered him one of my books, uh, but of course he could not take it because that would be considered a gift and they're not allowed to take gifts. I did not realize that. But I told him that what my book is about directly impacts blue lives. You know, blue lives matter. Uh, by the way, that's a great show on, on America Out Loud, Randy Sutton's show, Blue Lives Matter. Because what I told him to, to the police officer is like, I hope you'll get my book. Because you're going to understand how the abortion industry impacts your, your career, how it impacts police officers. Because if, if Americans have no respect for a little, tiny, innocent baby in a womb... Why would Americans have respect for a police officer who just pulled you over for a speeding violation, or maybe he's serving you a warrant for something at your house? Why would why would that that person have any respect if 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 the day before he coerced his wife or his girlfriend into having an abortion? So this has a tremendous trickle down effect. It was interesting, because the police officer said, "Well, you know, right, give me the name of that book again." He said, "I'll, I'll purchase it uh, on." off of the website. So anyway, my point is this has a huge trickle-down effect, and we must return. So the reason I'm saying go to America Out Loud bookstore, get a copy of the book. That's going to take you to abortionking.com, my publicist. It's an ebook. book um, Also, if, if you want to get it from Amazon, there's also an audio book on Amazon. Uh, we have hardback, paperback. and So this is about my interview with Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Uh, the The most important parts about his life, how he became an abortionist, what changed his mind, and 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 how this has affected America. Also, though in my book, it's a it's an appendix. It's the affidavit from two thousand and three from Norma McCorvey. She's the Roe of Roe v. Wade. Because what most Americans don't know is that she was used by two activists pro abortion. Attorneys back in nineteen in the early seventies, and the case culminated with the court decision january twenty second nineteen seventy three where she didn't even understand what an abortion was. she just knew she didn't want to be pregnant. she had heard that you know you can go out and get an abortion and it makes you unpregnant. She did not understand that an abortion kills an existing human being that you can't just roll back time and be unpregnant that it literally kills an existing human being, that it stops a beating heart. Norma McCorvey, the Roe of Roe v. Wade, did not understand this. The, the attorneys had taken her out to a pizza beer joint, got her drunked up on two to three pitchers of beer, got her to, to agree to be the plaintiff in what would become Roe v. Wade. Well, 30 years later... Norma McCorvey's working with attorney Alan Parker, and by this point Norma is 100% pro-life. And she's petitioning the United States Supreme Court to overturn or reverse the Roe v. Wade decision. Because she's saying, I I didn't understand what I was doing back then. What most people don't know is she never had an abortion. She never had an abortion. So Roe never had an abortion. So her entire affidavit, I think it's 24 24 points, and you almost have to read it with a tissue in your hand because it's so sad that, that, number one, that she was so abused, and number two, that America doesn't even understand her story. The average American has no clue that Roe of Roe v. Wade didn't even have an abortion, and she tried to overturn. Now, why do I say that with such conviction? Because if you think about it, look back at that third debate between, uh, well, back then, just Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, that third presidential debate, where, quite frankly, Donald Trump slays Hillary Clinton, in that, in where, where she's defending um, I guess it's partial birth abortion or late term abortion. She's defending that. She's saying this is this is you know woman's decision between a, a woman and her doctor. And he he basically says, well, that may that may that may be okay with you to rip a baby out of her mother's womb, but that's not okay with me. And you know what? That's the opinion of the vast majority of Americans. But what what really stuck with me is not only how he verbally slayed Hillary Clinton, and thank you, President Donald Trump, for doing that. You united America with those few sentences. You nailed her, and you exposed the aggressive abortion industry. But it's not only that. What really uh, stuck with me as well is Hillary Clinton made the assumption that the average american does not know which i mean technically she's right the average american does not know but i think she made the assumption that the average americans never going to know about norma mccorvey you know the roe of roe v wade and so what we want to do at jose initiative which is the ministry that i run it's a non-profit educational ministry across the united states We want to make sure every American is educated about Dr. Bernard Nathanson, the history of the abortion industry, uh, the real story behind Norma McCorvey and Roe v. Wade, and get America educated. So go to the bookstore at America Out Loud, order your copy of the book, and then together, let's move this information across the United States. Go to Hosea4u.org. That's H-O-S-E-A, the number four, you.org and and it's a beautiful website this is the this is the nationwide educational ministry that I'm president and founder of America we have a job to do and we've got about we have less than 2 years to get this job done we must educate americans so when they walk into the voting booth they vote pro life it's the number 1 issue And America, let's do this. And I'll see you next time.